0: Well, good morning. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today, I think we'll have a lively discussion. A little bit about Clovis schools, a bit about freedom, and we've got a couple guys that are joining me that have a unique, unique perspective. So I look forward today to today. Uh, but you know, I always start with my calendar. Opportunities to get involved. It's not enough to just listen to a show. It's not enough to. Just kind of talk about it. It's important to talk about it, but it has to move to action if we're going to preserve freedom. So I always try to inform, inspire, and move people to action. Hope that happens today. The first opportunity to get involved. This uh, is really to support the trucker convoy that's happening here in California. It's going to move to D.C. They're doing something very similar to our inspiring brothers to the north in Canada. And this is just kind of a donation drop off. It will be at Outlaw Tavern. That's in Old Town Clovis. It's at 325 Clovis Avenue from 6 to 8. And that is on Saturday, 219. On Sunday, there's a medical freedom rally. That will be at Clovis and Shaw from 2 to 4. I've been many times. Uh, I'm going to be walking for a candidate Sunday. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do both, but good event. I would encourage you to go out to that one. Monday 221 at 630 PM, the Clovis chapter of Constitutionalists for California is having our weekly meeting. Uh, We meet weekly largely to keep people on task, to keep them focused. When you meet once a month, people tend to drift off to their lives and we want activists. So that is at 1123 Railroad Avenue, Tuesday night, Two twenty-two. so February 22nd, 6.30 p.m. The Kingsburg chapter of Constitutionalists for California is having a meeting at 15,000 Rose Avenue. NFIB, which is the National Federa- Federation of Independent Businesses, will have a representative there speaking. They've been instrumental in fighting some of the real COVID problems we've had. By representing businesses, they've been to the Supreme Court, and they won. They won on the vaccine mandate for for 100 employees and larger. They were one of the primary people there that helped fund it, helped take care of it, so good organization. Final event on my calendar, No Left Turn in Education, is having a workshop March 5th from 3 to 5 p.m. It will be at the... Clovis Veterans Memorial. You do need to RSVP by March 1st. That's, and you can go to California at no left turn dot US. We have three speakers. All of them are quite knowledgeable on critical race theory. Um, I think it's the left's rebranding of racism because it sees race first. It seems to know something about people by the color of their skin, not the content of their character. And they're trying to infiltrate our schools and indoctrinate our youth so that we end up with a lack of freedom. I don't quite understand why that's their goal, but I think undeniably it is. Something happened last night that I thought was important. I'm aware of three Fresno County School Board meetings that happened. Kingsburg, very small town. They had 40 people. Fresno. The dumpster fire of Fresno Unified had about 90 people, most of which were fed up and have had enough. The one I'm going to focus on today is the one that I think there's some hope, but there's some problems. That is Clovis Unified. So before we jump into that, who wants to go first with a brief introduction?
1: I will go first. Uh, My name is Karen Ketengian. I'm a local attorney. Uh, My area of practice is workers' compensation, and I have been practicing in this area since 1993. Um, And uh, today, I'm not going to talk about my practice, but I do believe that my background could contribute to our free conversation. I'm an immigrant. I came to this country in 1987. Went to college, to law school, went to Fresno State. I'm a Fresno State alumni, and I got my degrees the same year. In 1992, I graduated from both San Joaquin College of Law and Fresno State. Worked as an instructor at the Foreign Language Department at Fresno State for three years and a practicing attorney at this point. And I'm passing it to my good friend Joey Myers.
2: Well, welcome, Joey. Thank you, Eric. And thank you, Corinne. I am Joey Myers, as Corinne just said. I have two kids that are at Fort Washington School, which is one is five years old in kindergarten and then the other is nine years old in the third grade. I run a marketing agency. I played baseball at Fresno State from two thousand to two thousand three. I'm currently taking on a part-time coaching gig as a hitting coach at Clovis West High School right now at the varsity, and I am a son of a military veteran who was in the Air Force, served in the Air Force Air Guard, and when he retired, he served non-military with the Army Guard for, for 10 years. And Corinne and I and many other parents are really fed up, as last night's meeting showed with over a hundred parents there. And what's interesting about that is we have about 700. So emails from parents that signed a petition to unmask a kit, our kids last summer. And we'll typically before a meeting, if if we go, we'll send out and say, Hey, whoever wants to go, go this, this is the time you got to get there. If you want to speak, we did that on the last two weeks ago meeting. And there was a decent size. This one I forgot to, didn't send out an email, and it was even bigger. Yeah. It's the this is the second well, it's it's probably tied for the
0: largest number of people I've seen show up. That first Unmask Our Kids event
2: five months ago, six S- months ago. Summer. Yeah. September twenty twenty
0: one. Um that was that was also huge. Something unique happened at this one. Kids spoke you want to address that? I
1: I, I was a witness to it. Over, what, 20 kids, you would say, spoke Mm -hmm. yesterday. Uh, From five years old? From five years, uh, the whole range, different grades. And some of them couldn't, of course, formulate their arguments. But the gist of it was there. I mean, they were telling that they are fed up with the masks, that it really impedes their ability to understand the teacher, that after the recess, when they really run around or after pee, when they go back all sweaty, they can't really take it. I mean, it, it really is very uncomfortable for them. Breathing is an issue. Communication is an issue. I don't even understand how they can teach foreign languages, which is my specialty, by the way, to kids in masks, both the teacher and the kid.
2: Well, and the other thing, adding to that, is the other side will say, well, what are these parents doing? They're propagandizing their kids and telling them to go in and speak, and they're telling them what to speak. And I, probably about half the kids, the parents said they're doing this on their own. They're going to school without a mask on their own. They're not – parents aren't telling them to do it. They're fed up. The kids are fed up. It's not just the parents that are telling the kids what to do. They're actually doing it, making a decision on their own.
1: Of course, the other side wouldn't – everybody to believe that we're weaponizing our kids and pushing them in, into this arena of fight against masks. But that's not the case. It's their life. I do believe that they want to really have meaningful relationship, camaraderie. How can they do that with, with masks on?
0: Well, you can't read anybody really with that much of their face covered. Yes. And body language is, is it a well, very important um, language that tells people things because words aren't always true. Let let
1: me put it this way. Romeo would never notice Juliet Mm. in Shakespeare if they were both in masks, and I rest my case. Mm
0: -hmm. You had a point about what the Muslim world does with masks.
1: Yes, in in their culture, and I, I don't want to criticize any culture here because I'm also from a culture, from the Armenian culture, but I know in some cultures... Masks serve as an instrument of submission or an instrument of domination of one gender over another. In other words, when I see all of these interesting gatherings of our politicians at a dinner party, when the waiters are all in masks serving them wine, serving the first course, second course, it reminds me of inequality. It really shows that some of them are just the ruling class and the others are the servants. If the mask had a really uh, medical effect at this point, which is not, even CDC admits that it's useless right. for for medical purposes. When Fauci said at the beginning that the masks are not working and don't even wear them, it was Wait, a, he, he told the truth once. It was an uncommon <laughs> moment of sincerity, you know, in in his case. But, you know, the first impression is is always the right one. Later, you develop it into argument, demagoguery, and politics. But so if they don't serve the medical purpose of protecting our health, what are they then, the masks? Are they the article of social relationship, an instrument? Uh,
0: you I know? think they're virtue signa- signaling.
1: Yes. Somebody called, it, part the, it. called it a masquerade, mm. I'm, you know, all of these kids are coming and talking about the dress code at uh, the school board meetings. Mask is part of that dress code. It has yeah. become a dress code. Can you imagine somebody advocates to wear a fashionable youth clothing, the torn jeans, mini skirts, but they are okay with masks? How does that go with the rest of the fashion? I just don't understand where it comes from. This, this. Uh, I do believe some people are just hiding behind Mm. the society. They don't want to be individuals. They don't want to be responsible for anything. That's why they're hiding their face.
0: Well, and they become part of a group.
1: And become an irresponsible member of the society. They let others decide. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to wait.
0: Um, That's why we use the word sheep so frequently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also see it as kind of... You know, Charlie Brown, he had his friend that has the blanket. The The masks have become... Linus's blanket across their face.
1: I don't know. At this point, after all of these things that we went through, lockdowns, uh, uh, shutdowns, uh, online zoomings, and everything, at this point, uh, if somebody advocates for masks, it's an obsession. I do believe it's like a, a psychological issue now. Paranoia and obsession. To me, it's nothing else.
2: Well, like I mentioned last night, my daughter, who's in kindergarten, they just had this last week or two weeks ago. They had not a huge outbreak. A couple of kids got COVID from the class. The class is masked. And the HIPAA air filter, big old giant R2-D2 robot things that O'Brien was so proudly talking about that we bought with all the COVID money. She says there's no strings attached to. Yeah. One of those HIPAA filters was in the classroom, too. The kids still got COVID. Um, so what are we doing?
0: Um, I don't think that we can stop COVID. Right. We're, we're absolutely kidding ourselves and thinking that we have that level of control.
1: Can I say something? Do we want to stop it? We want a herd natural immunity. And basically, we have to go through this phase as a society to overcome it. If you really follow the science, all of the plagues have their starting point, development, and end. I'm hoping we are at the end of that spectrum. But why are are we afraid of nature? Why can't we just rely on our body, on our immunity, lead a healthy life? That Like Mr. Myers yesterday was talking about vitamins, medication that can help to prevent.
0: Yeah, early treatment. Early Mm
1: -hmm. treatment. Why aren't we following science purely as a methodology to treat maladies,
2: illnesses and diseases why why not well, and the other side's going to say well you're you're killing people by saying that, and here's the thing. My question is, why wasn't there any early treatment promoted for now it's i think starting to a little bit starting to these big hospitals starting to. Why wasn't early treatment promoted before that? A lot of us had to do our own research. And people say, well, research. Researching doctors who successfully and consistently treated COVID patients. Thousands, thousands.
0: Well, that whole idea of doctors having the freedom is the American way. You used your freedom, your innovative ability, your insights to do something. And... The people in charge, you know, President Brandon, seems to have decided that what we need is much more like China or Russia. You know, control from the top that tells everybody what to do. And they've prevented doctors from using their skills.
1: Well, look, you know, I'm a history buff. In other words, look what happened to Giordano Bruno, who dared to say that the Earth is, uh, you know, orbiting around the sun was burned at the stake Mm -hmm. heresy heresy and now if you go against the mainstream science you're a heretic if you say something against dr fauci you're in the other group so in other words that other group should be punished for their ideological science it's not an ideological science Science is based on research Mm -hmm. this covid uh, vaccine is an experimental vaccine at this point all of the vaccines in the past went 10 years of trial before they became reliable and were certified, right? This one didn't go any trial. And basically we are like guinea pigs. We
0: are we are first phase trial.
1: Right. And and it's like uh, we, you can't really submit people's health to trial and error. Isn't isn't it better to just not do it than do it if you have doubts? I told uh, Mr. Myers yesterday that if even one person died because of the vaccine or its side effects, I have a right to digress. I have a right not to take it. But I know that many, many people died already.
2: Where there's risk, I believe there should be choice. Right. Mm. It's all about choice. And And I come from a coaching background, pretty extensive coaching background, and one of the things earlier this was probably about 2013 when I was developing my system and I scrapped everything that I had learned and started going in and digging into biomechanics and physics and engineering and body work and things like that. One of the things that I ran into were these coaches that would come and say, well, I got 30 years of coaching experience, so listen to me. I do 10,000 lessons, hours of lessons a week, so listen to me. And my thing was, let's look at your case studies. Let's see what your hitters are doing. Or not doing because I knew what mine were doing, and mine were doing double, if not triple, more than what theirs were doing. We look at Fauci, who hasn't treated one COVID patient, and we're listening to him because he's the highest paid government bureaucrat, almost half a million dollars a year. More than the president. More than the president, exactly. And all the NIH, the CDC, all these different organizations follow his steps. So last night, they're, they're kicking the can up to the Newsom. Well, it's Newsom's laws and rules and laws and rules. Not really. It's coming from Fauci. Fauci's the top. Not treated one COVID patient. Mm-hmm. So in the coaching world, I don't listen to that coach. I do my own research, use my own brain, my own observation, do my own testing, scientific testing, which we, we know that science needs to be questioned right. and not that entrusted. is the, That is integral to the scientific method.
1: Yes, so is the case in law. Can you imagine that I would always listen to the judge and never object to his opinions? Where would we be as far as justice is concerned? I have to argue. I have to convince. I have to bring up the law, show the section, right? Apply the facts to the law. It's all a process, and it's all in development. I'm not saying I'm right about the vaccines or masks, but if i have certain data that as a reasonable person lets me to believe that my choice is the correct one i'm entitled to my choice
0: uh, apparently not anymore that is yeah. truly a problem we're going to go ahead and take a break so this is eric rollins the constitutionalist here on 1550 kxex the best talk in town this is Eric Rollins, the constitutionalist here on fifteen fifty KXEX, the best talk in town. Today, I'm joined by Joey Myers and Karen. Help okay. me with your last. Katangian. Katangian, one to get it right. Both of these gentlemen have a lot to say, and I think that one of the things that you have, Karen, is, that is unique, is you're a first generation American. First-generation Americans have a, a unique and and I think kind of precious perspective because they understand about freedom. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes. Uh, well, I'll start with the concept of freedom and then try to apply to my life experience both in the Soviet Union, where I was born, and in the United States now. Now, first of all, freedom to me has many aspects – Some of them are psychological and philosophical, others are social and political. If you are not free inside, if you do not cherish freedom as some kind of a philosophical concept or a psychological, like as a state of mind, if you're easily submitted to somebody else's whim, rule, you can't be free, you have to start from yourself. In other words, you can be a free person in North Korea but you can be unfree in California. And the fact that the society is free doesn't make you a free person. You have to start from yourself.
0: So they have to choose it. Yes,
1: when I was in the Soviet Union, I decided to be a free person. And that's where my trouble started because I was an A student and I was uh, going for a very high diploma laude, magna cum laude in our standard. It was called the Red Diploma in the Soviet Union. That's the highest mark. It's It really gives you a way uh, into your career. You can go everywhere. All doors are open for you. Well, the doors closed for me because I expressed my ideas. I told them openly that I'm going to leave this country because it's not free. So, well, they what, what they did to me, they basically told me, that you can't benefit from the government assistance because you have different views. Of course, you have a choice of rejecting your ideas, rejecting your family. We will give you all of the benefits. We will write an article about you, that you changed your ways, you became a productive person of the socialist society. And, and basically, they wanted to buy me out as a member of the society in exchange of me selling my freedom. And I said, no. So they kind of banished me into a very faraway village where, like for months, the roads are closed because of snow in winter. And you are completely, uh, you know, separated from the society. So that's the price I paid. And for three years, I worked as a teacher at some very, you know, faraway corner. And then I came to the United States. I was refused seven times.
0: Did you have to sneak out? No,
1: I, 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 we, I had a visa from my family, from my grandparents. Basically, it was a family reunification. When Gorbachev came to power, uh, Senator Byrd came with a list of people who were refused many times, and our names were, names of my family were in that list. So Gorbachev said, "Let these people go. It's overdue." So I came to the United States. When I arrived in the United States, my notion was now I'm free to do whatever I want with my life, build up my career, pursue uh, my future. And basically, I, I would say that I achieved a lot in this country. I graduated, I became an attorney. But now we came to the year of 2020, right? And the realization sank that not everything is fine in the wonderland, you know? I saw so many parallels of what's going on here and what was going on there. Professors who are not of the right mind or state of mind are being refused their tenure.
0: Now, by right mind, you mean they are not, they don't have the opinion that Yes, they don't follow the establishment, follow wants them to the have.
1: establishment ideology okay. of praising certain topics. I don't want to go there. But what it means, it's so easy to lose all of that overnight. You know, All of these restrictions that we have now is basically the same kind of or type of restrictions we had in the Soviet Union. What does it mean if you have a vaccine, you can work? If you don't have a vaccine, you don't work. In other words, uh they they let you sell your freedom in exchange for your job. How's that democratic? It's tyrannical to me. How can you close or shut the door on a person's face just because they chose not to follow a certain medical treatment? Can you explain to me uh, like w- where is the concept of freedom? In other words, freedom has became uh, has become a currency in this country which is abused by the politicians. That's why it has a social and uh, political component, because freedom was always about a class uh, fight. Like revolutions all happened in the name of freedom. But later, the the very revolutionaries abused the freedom, talking about French Revolution or Russian Revolution. It always, it's a bloody messy affair, right? right? But in the name of freedom. So everybody is abusing all of these isms here, and they were abusing isms there. I don't see any difference. Really, I don't. I do believe that we need to be more forceful about our rights and Constitution is the main document, the, la- the law of the land. And in there it says you have a freedom of assembly, which means you have a freedom of choice. You can freely express your ideas And I do believe that I can choose a certain doctor or a certain method of treatment. And I always tell my clients in my practice, you have a constitutional right of disagreeing with the treatment they're offering you. I mean, they say you need to have surgery. You have a right to decline it. Why wouldn't I have a right to decline a vaccine? It's the same thing.
0: And especially this vaccine, because it's yes. it is a very flawed vaccine, which is experimental. Basically, there
1: is data, and I'm following it on a daily basis. Miscarriages, delayed menstrual cycles, stillbirths, strokes, heart disease, heart disease, cancer, HIV, yep.
0: mm-hmm. AIDS, uh,
1: paralysis, partial or full. Those nurses with paralyzed faces. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the Bell's palsy.
1: End of their career. So basically, if I have all of that, why would I, in my right mind, inject that substance into my kids? Plus, the health and code, uh, health and safety code says that I, as a parent, have a parental right to choose.
0: Yes, but what I want to point out is, uh, what was it, Terry McAuliffe, when he was running in Virginia, hmm. uh, in a debate with the man who finally won that, the conservative one, Yunkin. Yeah, stated that they're not your kids. Right. That is the left's perspective, which is scary. Wake up, people. They don't perceive those as your kids and that you shouldn't have a right to determine how they should be educated and have a say in what you expose them to as, as far as thinking.
1: I'm very sorry to say that the people who advocate that, some of them don't even have kids.
2: That's how deep it is. Think about it. And then if we look at last night with DeFrank, it seemed like, by the way, that Frank and Fogg have switched. Good cop, bad cop, they switched that role. Yeah. Because DeFrank keeps talking about the law. This is Clovis Unified, by the way. We're back to Clovis Unified. And I'll come back to the freedom side of things. But he keeps talking about the law, the law, the law. We can't do anything. Our hands are tied. O'Brien said it's impossible. We can't do. And I looked at Corrine and I said, doesn't the Constitution supersede the law? Mm -hmm. And doesn't God's rule supersede the Constitution? They're saying they can't break the law, but the Constitution supersedes that. So going back to freedom, my father served in Vietnam in 1969. He was off the coast of Cam Ranh Bay. He was being fired at, Agent Orange, exposed to all kinds of the crazy toxic junk that the military had going on over there. And he came back to being spit on and the whole thing. And my father would fight to defend that. He fought to defend this country. And now. Please thank him. I will. I will. Thank you. And now he, he sees what's going on and he, he's questioning, why, why was I fighting over there? And because my father was in the military, I'm a, I'm a big military history buff. And one of the probably the biggest wars that, if we put into perspective, was World War One, where you look at the trench warfare and how horrible that was. There was a podcast called Hard, Hardcore History. Last guy's uh, the, the guy's last name's Carlin. I think it's Dan Carlin or something. He he does he's a military history buff like myself tells a really good story and i urge anybody out there to check that podcast out and look at the world war one listen to the world war one and he paints a very vivid picture very grotesque in all the bodies that the the soldiers are having a step over the rain the the mud the sludge from all the the mortars and the casings and the human waste in these trenches And we did that for years, and they called it a meat grinder. And so why are we fighting these wars? I mean, people can argue that we probably shouldn't have been. People can argue we shouldn't have been in Vietnam, but it happened. So freedom, there was a big cost Mm -hmm. for us to be where we're at now with that fight for freedom. And to just give it away, like my dad says, without a shot, without firing a shot, and we just give it away because I have to protect other people. By wearing a mask or taking a shot. Ben
0: Franklin talked about those that would give up um, a little safety, little temporary safety for liberty deserve neither. Now, I didn't get the quote quite right. Mm. What I want to point out is that our current president turned that quote backwards. He said, it's not about freedom. It's about safety. We have a man in the Oval Office who... I have trouble even being polite, to, because often he gives speeches where I have no idea what he just said or he answers a question, and it's unintelligible to me.
1: You know, I have an impression that they want to turn the entire country into OSHA, and that's not the case. I mean, we are a living, breathing society with our needs. Now, they want us to fight for our freedom and all the time for every little thing go to the Supreme Court. I understand if we we give the constitution argument, they say, oh, prove it. Any law which is unconstitutional is unenforceable, period. Mandates are not a law. They're just recommendations. And mandates, ruling by mandates, Lenin ruled by mandates when the Bolshevik revolution happened.
0: Anybody had the might of the army to back him. He decided
1: that after a while he has to call a Soviet, which is the... Soviet version of the parliament, you can't rule as a despot the whole time pretending that you're running a democratic state. It's not possible to really one-handedly to resolve all of the issues of the society and declare what is right or wrong for every single member of the society. For that, there is uh, different branches of the government. I'm not going to go into political science here. But uh, And I'm not the real uh, specialist of it because I was not even born in this country. But I understand this is not a monarchy we live in, right? Right.
0: Well, and We have rights. We have rights and we they, they laid forth a system that has checks and balances that yeah. aren't working the way they should.
1: We have rights at personal level and societal level. Now, at personal level, my body is my temple. That's the way I see it. I decide whether I want to have this particular uh, medication, that particular food, whatever I digest or inject into my body, it's my free choice and decision. It's called informed consent in law. I advise my clients what their rights are and options are, and at the end of the day, they decide what's good for them. I do not enforce settlement on them.
0: So you just said you inform your, your clients. How else would we get educated? Um, I love Hillsdale College's free seminars on the, the, the Constitution, but there are other. Do you have places where you would send people? you. Okay.
1: Well, you know, I mean, self-education is is the first means of opening one's mind. You can go through too many schools, colleges have – minor and major degrees in horticulture or botany or anything else, it's not going to help if you don't have an open mind. In other words, if you are going to follow somebody's axioms, you're not going to succeed as a free person. My uh, my state of mind as a free person was a constant self-education. It was based on the fact that I would read, I would compare, I would analyze. And apply logic kids yesterday were talking about logic they were teaching us that whatever we adults are doing to them is illogical
0: good for those kids unfortunately i missed that part of it i was came in for the last speech but
1: yes we need to apply logic to everything we do if even we buy an ice cream there is logic why we choose chocolate over vanilla but it's our choice
2: we can't just eat vanilla because president likes it and it's going to the source too so if you are interested out there about the constitution go buy a constitutional book it's not very long it's not a very long book it's not a very big thick book go through it with a hand with a comb just like with the bible don't take what your pastor says don't take what somebody you're reading on facebook says actually go to the bible And read the New Testament. Read all four Gospels of the New Testament yourself. But but wait,
0: people need need their time to just watch their TikTok videos and their soap (laughs) operas. What if you spent a few minutes a day? A lot of these things you can get in audio form while you're driving to work. And if you spent 10 minutes a day educating yourself, the tools are there.
2: And here's a pro tip. If especially when it comes to audio or even video is you can two times the audio speed. So it's like speed reading, but when you're watching video or list, that's what I do with my Kindle books is I'll get an autobiography or biography. Mm-hmm. I'll put it on two times speed and you say a 10-hour book you can listen to in five hours' time. So there's no excuse now that you don't have the time. I just, <laughs> saved, you, I just <laughs> saved you half your time. Well, so we found out that
1: laziness is basically number one enemy of freedom. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you just leave it up to others to decide your freedom – there will be no freedom for you. They will take your freedom away from you. I guarantee you that.
0: I think we had this conversation earlier. All governments move towards authoritarianism.
1: Yes. They like, see, the China model is dominating now one party rule, everybody's lining up. No problem. No problemo. You know, you can rule the society which is submissive easily they say wear the masks on this day they all wear take the masks uh, away they they take it off you know do this do that booster every year vaccination they'll follow and if you start questioning they will look at you like as if you're crazy why are you doing this you're going to lose your job your career everything is is on stake
0: it's well but just... we have a constitution to defend It defends us, but we have to defend it. Mm -hmm. And then if it doesn't work out, we Mm -hmm. do have a second amendment.
1: Yeah, we have the – there are countries which are democracies and don't have a constitution, Mm -hmm. like uh, Great Britain, for example. They don't have a constitution. So in other words, everybody is telling us that constitution is something that we can dispense with. We don't need it anymore. They Why? call it an
0: outdated document.
1: Why? Because mm-hmm. now we have new liberal views on issues, and those replace the Constitution. In may, in the mind of many, all of these interesting ideas they're flirting with are better than Constitution. Let's just uh, say that uh, gender is uh, outmoded. Uh, we can always be unisex instead of have being man and a woman, this and that. I mean, we are recreating or reimagining, right, our society. And in the process of reimagining, why would we stick to a document which is how many? 200 mm-hmm. years old. That's The Bible is, what, thousands of years old, but still we need to follow.
0: Well, I think that both in the Bible and the Constitution, there's universal truths. Hmm. Right. Part of why the Constitution is so powerful is because they were wise enough to realize that The power they wrote there, they spelled out the fact that our inalienable rights come from God, not from government. And that is one of the left's biggest problems with the Constitution because it means they can't do anything they want.
1: And that's why they want you to forget your culture, your history, your heritage, your religion, and your Constitution at the end. And it's in that order. Constitution is going to be the last artifact that is going to be forgotten.
0: We're going to go ahead and take another break. So this is Eric Rollins, the constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today I am joined by Joey Myers and Karin Ketengian. 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 <laughs> I needed to practice that several times, but it was better that you said it than that I got it wrong.
2: (laughs) So why are you hopeful? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the big hope, I think, that people need, we need more people to stand up. And last night's talk, Defrank talking about hands tied, everything hinges. I always look at the hinge point off of emergency powers. We're in a state of emergency. And if we look at the early treatment that we have available, a lot of it, I won't mention it here, so we don't get kicked off of Facebook, right? But there's a lot of it, a lot. If there's early treatment to this, like eighty to ninety percent of the deaths that that happened over the last couple of years could have been saved.
0: Right. Instead, they went with a start rim. Rim. Not even. Yeah. They Remdesivir. went with that
2: and and said that's
0: what is mandated from the top. And the respirators. And the respirators.
2: Yeah weren't giving anybody any early treatment. They come in two weeks later, COVID pneumonia, can't breathe. And of course, you're going to lose a ton of people. So if people want to get mad and pissed off. Don't get pissed off at us for what we're talking about today. Get pissed off at the people at the top that are creating the protocol. So to give hope to people, if there's there's lawsuits that we're starting, there's some of our, our folk are starting some lawsuits we have gotten into the age of we had racial discrimination during Dr. Martin Luther King. We're in medical discrimination now where they're segregating kids out of classes that don't want to wear masks. So we have claims that we can file against the school and the school boards, things like that, where your are dollars $20, $25,000 claims. As those start stacking up, the schools are going to have a hard time. They're going, to, they're going to buckle. Add also going after surety bonds. So each public official, look up surety bonds if you don't know what that is. Each public official gets a surety bond. so they get an insurance company that insures them as a public official in case something goes wrong, malpractice, whatever you want to call it, and they have to come and investigate things like that. We're going into filing to take away surety bonds as well.
0: Right Bonds for the win is one of the one of the groups Longs for the that win is com.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. so there I kept thinking last night that the board not being courageous and taking the step of making the decision for themselves. We're going to make it for them, and especially from an optics point of view, they're not going to look good when this all comes down. There's a storm coming. They may not know it. Maybe they do, but it's coming, and it's not going to be good for them, and especially the fact that there's going to be a mass exodus. About half the kids, once they get to this shot mandate—I'm not even calling a vaccine because that's not what it is—this shot mandate, at least half the kids are going to leave, and that impossibility— That O'Brien says, this is impossible, we can't do anything? Wait till that happens. Let's see how impossible turns to possible. Yeah.
1: I was amazed yesterday that after Dr. Fogg, one of the members of the board, suggested that they could collectively sue the governor to lift the mandates, nobody supported him on that. And that shows the inactivity, passivity, and fear, political and social fear and unwillingness to rock the boat. Now, there is a Russian saying, one fighting person is not a soldier. And there is an Armenian saying, with one flower, you don't get spring. So in other words, you can really express your ideas, but alone, you won't accomplish much. We need a grassroots movement, Absolutely. number one. Number two, politely, but forcefully, we should show social disobedience. I'm not calling for insurrection. But with your example, you could prove at least to five people that that is possible.
0: Courage is courageous. And courage, it, it, it courage, inspires more, yes. more.
1: Because we have a lot of ninny, fearful people, personalities, who are just clinging to their careers and jobs and are not willing to do anything for themselves, their kids, their families, and the society at large.
0: They want the problem to go away. It's I know, The ostrich it's syndrome. not going away. Mm-hmm.
1: Because if you give in in one point, they will come after you for another. Mm-hmm. Today is the mask, tomorrow is the vaccine. The day after tomorrow, they will separate the kids from the parents. And they'll do that by saying that we are ultimately a threat to our own kids. Mm-hmm. because they don't know what's good for them. We don't know what's good for them, but they do. So in other words, it's, it's like a, a step-by-step development of something horrible that can happen to this society. We're, it's a slippery slope, and we are really falling into this tyrannical state of mind that everything is allowed by the autocrats, and we as society members have to just follow.
0: So what groups are you part of that, that's helping this happen?
1: I'm not a part of any group per se but I'm part of the parental group and I always participate in all of the petitions and everything else.
0: Well then you are kind of yes. part of a group. Does that group but, have but a name? I,
1: I feel I feel that we can do more than just talk about it. Yes, we need to do lawsuits. But legal fight is just part of it. We have to It vocally, is one front. Vo- one mm-hmm. front we have to vocally convince our friends our relatives, people who don't want us at their holiday table because we are not vaccinated, that what they are doing is immoral, wrong, and should be shamed. Mm-hmm. Because how come that they loved us yesterday and they don't love us anymore just because we're not somebody who who, who is welcomed in their house?
0: Well, and, and that's part of why the left and... Social media is not allowing a discussion, a real discussion about natural immunity.
1: You know, over Mm -hmm. this, I've lost so many friends and relations.
0: But then I acquired other
1: friends and relations. It seems to me that we as a society are regrouping. And everybody decides for himself or herself in which clan or in which group they are. I don't want this society to be galvanized to the point that one part hates the other. But it comes to that. It, it's almost enforced by, by the above. People with authority want us to to separate.
0: Well, because then we can't unite against them. Yes,
1: absolutely. And they use different tools like race, gender, orientation, social economics, everything, even medical science. They use all of these tools available to separate us from each other. There is one brand of medication that is okay, there is another brand of medication that is not. Yeah.
0: Well, we're winding down. Just briefly, why you're hopeful, why you're doing this, say 30 seconds and 30 seconds.
2: Yeah. Big thing. Case, going back to case study again, real quick. Last night, we had learned that Sierra School Board had lifted all their, their mandates. And Corinne turned to me and said, well, how did they do that after all this impossibility talk? And I told them three, four months ago, they started sending their kids to school down mass. That's where way it starts, mm-hmm. civil disobedience. So that's what I'm hopeful on.
1: I came here to tell everyone, change your ways, open your minds, do your own research, do not blindly follow somebody's mandates or recommendations, and be more friendly to your neighbor. Just love each other.
0: So have humanity connect us.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, gentlemen, I thank you both for joining me today. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town.